Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Hi, you're welcome to Tech Me Back on Africa Tech Radio. My name is Lillian. On Tech Me Back, we talk about some technological innovations of the past. And we have been on the medical series. So let's just continue, shall we? <laughs> I don't like this, you know, going, going through the corners. I like to hit the nail on the head. Now, before medicine got to where it is today, it has gone through evolution. And that's where my curiosity lies. What was used before stethoscope? You know, before people could use a machine to check the heart, before doctors could tell me breathing and then they're putting something on my chest, what did they use to find out what they are looking for in the past? Before the x-ray machine, how could they see where things are lodged and where things are broken? Before antibiotics, what was used? Before different things, what, what, what was used, you know? And I am so curious. I am so... Before anesthesia, what did they use? I'm so curious. And I, I think we're going to, you know, talk about the medical space for a while before we dive into other spaces because it is just so large, okay? And I want to finish. I want to exhaust it. I want to tell you about I want to take you back to when technology was not as evolved as it is today. I want to do that for you. So let's just start with the stethoscope, right? In case you don't know, the stethoscope is an instrument that helps amplify internal body sounds from the heart from the lungs and bowels and each internal sound has a normal frequency range that doctors listen for i've watched every episode that there is of Grey's anatomy some i've watched twice or three times and whenever the a, a, a patient comes in you hear breathing they put on the chest and later they start looking putting it at the back right and i'm wondering why is the stethoscope placed at the back why is it placed on the lower back why is it placed on you know sometimes the belly sometimes the foot they just place place it everywhere but when i was younger i used to have the feeling i was of the opinion that it was just for the heart but boy was i wrong so they listen for something they observe if there's an irregular rhythm they observe if there's a heart murmur they observe for signs of congestive heart failure. They observe if you know, the, the, there's pulse in every part of the body. Something is moving, something is not moving. You know, they just observe for a lot of things. But the thing is, the invention of the stethoscope have revolutionized the way doctors listened to their patients' heartbeats. Before a stethoscope was created, physicians would place their ears onto the patient's chest. I know that if you saw... And Nollywood movies earlier on, you see a lot of people when they will tell you, Hey, is it okay? They'll put the, the ear on the chest, and I'm like, What are you listening for? Now, that one putting the heart, the ears on the chest only helped them to find out whether the person's heart was beaten. That is it. That is it. It was not an efficient method, especially when you encounter patients with thick layers of insulation like fat. So you, you might not hear what you're looking for and then they will now have misdiagnosis, different issues. So a French physician, René Lenek, he knew that this was a problem. So he developed the stethoscope. How uh, did he do that? Now, the stethoscope is a device that is like a trumpet-shaped wooden tube. It amplifies the sound coming from the lungs and the heart. It allows doctors to hear more clearly. Normally, on a normal day, my voice is not loud. On a very, very normal day, my voice is not loud. I've greeted a lot of people on the road who will just say, hey, this is getting on the greet. But I greeted you. 
you didn't hear me i'm not saying i sound like a I, my voice is so low uh, that only dogs can hear it or so high pitched that only that no i'm talking about how i speak like under my breath sometimes and i don't even know i do you know and then a microphone is there to amplify my voice. There's a megaphone there to amplify my voice. And that was what stethoscope did for the body, for the doctors, right? It amplified the sound that came from the body and allowed doctors to hear more clearly. And this principle of sound amplification, it's remained unchanged since its invention. The only thing that it changed was um, the design. And now, <laughs> it just does get there. Today... The stethoscope is an essential tool for doctors and medical professionals worldwide. It has evolved over the years. Now, they are electronic stethoscope. People can hear your heart from their houses. Because it's not electronic, there's another way that it was changed. But the, the fundamental idea of the stethoscope was not changed. Because, I mean, if it's not broken, right? They do telemonitoring. It allows a physician to listen to your heartbeat from anywhere because of wireless technology. There's the EKG, which combines the stethoscope and the electrocardiogram, allows doctors to listen and watch heart rhythm simultaneously. Now one it is flat line, it has ended. So I am just so grateful for this invention. I am grateful for it. And I just say kudos to the inventor. I mean, he's not here again. He's not here to see how much the whole world is now dependent. In fact, if you're a doctor and you don't have one hanging in your car, you're not a doctor. That is like the ID card of the profession. <laughs> I mean, you see people, uh, doctors driving and just, oh, that the doctor will be that because there's a stethoscope in their car. Now, it is there because anything can happen anywhere, right? Some people put that for a physician so you know I am a Do you know who I am? I am a doctor. It's not PhD. <laughs> But then, if there's a, a there's a an emergency and they say, is there any doctor here? I mean, the doctor will go and if he needs to use a stethoscope, he can just use it. So it's everywhere. I think they have copies everywhere. They have one in the office, they have one in the car, they have one in the house, and it's just it's it's just perfect. So I, I love this invention. I thought I share how it progressed over the years. What was used before it? When we come from this break, we we'll talk about the X-ray. <laughs> this one i recently did an x-ray for something and did not see anything it didn't just pain in me because i still feel pain you know but that is not the the cocoa of the matter that is not the crux of the matter right now enjoy this song it is by harry styles and it's titled love of my life it just makes me want to listen to the one by queen Love of my life, a nice one. You're welcome back. Shoot, heck, <laughs> me back. We are taking you back down memory lane, telling you about how the things you're enjoying right now, how it came about. Because honestly, see, I want to be frank right now, even my name is Lillian. <laughs> we take a lot of things for granted, a lot of things. Somebody, you're, in, you're looking for love, right? And then somebody finds you attractive and says, okay, I think I like your person. And I don't want to stress you. I like you. You like me. Let's do this. Let's just go, in a, go into a relationship. And then you're thinking, um, you know what? Mm, I'll, you, start, you start acting up, right? You're seeing somebody who's liking you for who you are, who's not putting you through stress. Doesn't want to stress your, your soul because your country's already doing it for you. But then you just bolt, take out of, you just run away, right? Because you feel like, ah, oh, this is just too, it's just, it's just too out there. And then you meet somebody who take you through, in Nigeria, they'll say, you see Shege. And that's one that will not start building house on top. 
Anyway, anyway, let us go back to what we're talking about. Some tech innovations um, that we're enjoying right now. How did they evolve? How did they get to where they are today? How was it even invented? Okay, and we're in the medical space. We're in the medical scene right now. It's a medical series. <laughs> so let's talk about the x-ray. See, uh, I told you that I went to, to get an x-ray last year. That was last year, November. Either November or, or September. I did an x-ray. I did a scan. Yes, scan. The kind of scan that they do for you when you're pregnant, but it was not on my tummy. It was looking for something else. So the x-ray that I did, I had a lower back pain, a very serious lower back pain. I don't know what happened. I don't know what the cause was, but it was excruciating. So I was on my vacation. I said, okay, I'm resting now. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to work, so I don't have to bother about when going late. Let me just go do this thing. I'm going to the hospital. I went, but they couldn't find anything. I don't have a copy of it right now. But what I realized was when this x-ray was going on, I was lying on a film, sort of, a film. And the person who was doing the x-ray, who was operating the machine, was wearing a protective gear. You know, something to protect them from the, the rays. Basically, it is dangerous. It is dangerous to operate a, an x-ray machine over the years. But that is why they now wear protective gears, right? But then it is also difficult to get accurate, or it was difficult to get accurate diagnosis and treatment of some common injuries, like a fracture. You have a fracture, and because there's no x-ray machine, you don't know the extent of the damage. You don't know whether or not it has broken a bone, or it's a fracture, or it's a hairline fracture, or it's just a, a, a shift or something. You don't know what it is. And because there's no x-ray machine, you just you know guess. Or what about when a bullet is lodged in somebody's chest? There's a there's a man who talked about how a bullet was lodged in his shoulder, around his shoulder, but because there was no machine to pinpoint where that bullet was, he just left it in there. So he used he was talking about it with pride. I have a bullet in my, in my shoulder. I got it in the, in, in the war. I got you know until they found something that could actually pinpoint the exact location of the bullet and then take it out. But then he was, you know, kind of sad that he was losing his bullet, but he was not healthier, right? Because there's any shift, that bullet can just move and go into the heart and it's it's over. So he had to just put it in the button and start using that instead. But what am I saying? It was difficult back then to diagnose and treat some injuries that are just so common, like fractures, like when there's anything that affects the bone, really. So... X-rays was actually stumbled upon. It was not something that this inventor sought. He, he didn't just start that invention. He didn't say, oh, there's something I need to solve because the X-ray machine is not there. Let me do something and call it an X-ray. Mm-mm. It was an accident, actually. It was stumbled upon by a German physicist. His name was Wilhelm Conrad. He was studying electric current passing through a gas of extremely low pressure when he made the discovery. Don't worry, I'll tell you about how that discovery was actually made, step by step. Just hold on. So this German physicist, Wilhelm Conrad Röntgen, he was studying electric currents passing through a gas of extremely low pressure. Then something happened. On November 8th, 1895, he made a remarkable discovery. He took a tube similar to a fluorescent light bulb. I don't know if you still know fluorescent lights. Back then, fluorescent lights, I don't understand. <laughs> it's been a while I saw fluorescent lights. But fluorescent lights were like cylindrical, long cylindrical glass 
thing coated with white powderish substance because when it breaks when they send you to go and buy a fluorescent light and it breaks you now know the content of the fluorescent light so you took that tube that was similar to a fluorescent light bulb and removed all the air and filled it with a special gas so he then passed a high electric voltage through it and the tube gave off a fluorescent glow hmm okay that's nice then he covered the tube with heavy black paper and once again passed electricity through it and noticed a barium coated screen across the lab began to glow now barium is not an extensively used element no most of the time it's used in drilling fluids for oil and gas wells and it's also used in paint and glass making so he quickly realized his tube was emitting an invisible light or a ray and this ray could pass through the heavy paper covering the tube hmm. so he decided to do more experiments and discovered these new rays could pass through the most substances that and would cast shadows of solid objects on pieces of film so he named the new x-ray a new ray x-ray because in mathematics x is used to indicate the unknown quantity and within a month Rundgren gave his report to the Wasberg Physical Medical Society and to the physicist's friend across Europe. And by January 1896, the world was like in awe of the X-ray machine. He was proclaimed the discoverer of a medical miracle. And within a year, X-rays were being used in diagnosis and therapy and were established. It's, it's like part of medicine now. Anything that's happening to you, if you say I have a bone, my leg is spinning me, I don't know when I walk, I hear bam, 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 they'll tell you to go and do an x-ray. It's just simple. That is x-ray medicine at five and six now, thanks to this man who made it possible. Today, we take x-rays and some other imaging system really for granted. Some of those pioneers of the field, they died working with x-rays because they didn't know back then that it was harmful. But these days, they use protective gears to cover themselves. Okay. It's just amazing. And, when, and, and this is just surprising that when he made this invention and this, he stumbled upon this actually, people were saying that it was ridiculous. Of course, this just goes to show that when you see a vision, you have a vision, clear as day. And then you talk to your friends about it, the family, or talk to people about it, and they say, hmm, this is nonsense, doesn't make any sense. Stick to that vision until you, without any doubt, find out for yourself that the vision is nonsense. Do not listen to people because these same people will double down and say, ah, I've always known that you make it. Papilo, I know say one day you're going to make us proud. <laughs> now let's move over to anesthesia. Anesthesia is something that a lot of us should be thankful for right now. We should just, whichever God that we are serving, stop thanking that God for anesthesia right now because, hmm, anesthesia is used to numb or sedate or no particular place. For instance, when I wanted to remove a tooth, I asked, hmm, I'm looking for a dentist. I need a dentist that will remove my tooth and I don't like pain. I'm a soft child, you know? Stress and pain, we're not friends. I don't I don't identify with pain. Mm-mm. So I was told to meet somebody who is a dentist. But never in my life will I enter that dentist that is shop again. I'll be his hospital, I'll be his clinic. Never. I'm not going close to his clinic ever again. Don't worry, I'll tell you why. So I went to him, I said, ah, this is my tooth. So I've been very careless with my teeth from when I was younger. 
very careless. I'll say, Lillian, go and brush. And I'll say, Mommy, I've brushed my teeth. And I'll put the toothbrush in water to show that my toothbrush. <laughs> I didn't know that I was doing. No one of your parents would say, You think you're doing me? No, you're doing yourself. I didn't know I was doing myself. I thought I was being slick. I didn't know that there would be repercussions. Anyway, that tooth had a hole in it. It was just, it, it actually even broke in two, so I had to take it off. So I told this man, I said, Sir, sir, please, I don't like pain. I want to take off my tooth. Boga, it seems like he had a date that day. He was in a hurry. So he injected my tooth, the area, with anesthesia, localized anesthesia. And hmm, he didn't even wait for it to kick in very well. He didn't wait. He now started pulling my tooth. I was screaming. I was like, stop. It's not penning you. It's in your head. I saw a guy. It's penning me. I don't know what you're talking about. It's penning me. What is in my head? This man, if you see blood. Hey, I was in pain. I was shouting. Hey, I have phobia now. Because since then, I've not stepped my foot in any dental clinic. Anyone whatsoever. But I did that last week. So I think I've overcome my fear. <laughs> Well, I would have not felt that pain if he allowed the anesthesia to kick in. And if it did, I would not feel any pain at all. Thanks to the people who came together to find out how they can make these things possible. But we're going to go on a musical break now. Enjoy your song by Sonia Spence. It's titled Jet Plane. Arriba, arriba. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. And whenever I listen to this song, I just feel like dancing. Anyway, welcome back to um, Take Me Back on Africa Tech Radio. My name is Lillian, and I've been telling you about um, the ways that tech is in medicine right now evolved all through the years. And we started with uh, the one that I call stethoscope we told you about how it was invented what was used before then and then x-ray did the same thing and now let's talk about anesthesia so i mean there's no way this would have not been a thing physicians all over the world searched for ways to ease severe pain there are ancient manuscripts that describe a recipe for a sedative mixture called duale it was made from bobile opium mandrake juice hemlock and vinegar so it's used to sedate patients before surgery Mm-mm. bad bad combination and from the 1600s upwards opium which is a narcotic drug by the way in case you don't know it is obtained from the unripe sea pods of the opium poppy and londonum which londonum was basically a 10 percent solution of opium powder in alcohol so we can call it opium syrup oh Thinking about that alone. They became common pain believers, but they were crude and very much addictive. Hemlock and mandrake were also dangerous in high doses, and they were poisonous. I mean, if you have seen Merlin, you understand now why mandrake roots was used for a lot of things. Because mandrake, uh, of course, it was poisonous, but it was used um, it's, if, you, if you take care or if it's used in any way around you. You can have hallucinations. You can have hallucinations. See things that are not there. So, I understand why they use mandrake in Merlin. But due to the lack of an invention that could sedate and numb patients, surgeons had to be quick and precise, which meant that they couldn't perform complex operations like amputation. Imagine. Imagine. I don't want you to think about it. It will not happen to you. Amen. But imagine an amputation happening 
and there's no anesthesia. There's nothing. There's nothing to numb the pain. Nothing. You watch it like this with your koroko eye and see it as they're cutting the leg or the hand. And then you're feeling every pain. Oh, sure. Also, imagine cesarean sessions, right? The, the, the tummy is being cut off to bring out the child and there's no, nothing to numb it. I saw Bridgerton last year and in one of the episodes there was a story of how a, a woman was because she was pregnant right she could not push they had to rip that child out of the woman without anesthesia can you imagine anyway so they had to be very quick right because you cannot take your whole time take your time to be you are being very meticulous and all and then the person is in pain so you have to be fast you have to be very fast so they could not do any operation that was complex and the pain that could be felt from these can make one pass out like permanently so there are many things that was brought and introduced to help numb pains to help put people in deep sleep a lot of things and one of them was compression now compression involves involves applying pressure to arteries another technique that was used to render patients unconscious it was a very like yes it could render people unconscious but that didn't just do it like it was recorded that when these people were rendered unconscious due to the compression of the the an artery in their body they could actually perform surgeries and they will not wake up sometimes so the other times it doesn't it just wasn't just reliable so in the mid 1800s i ether and chloroform were discovered and it gave surgeons more control over the level of anesthesia and of course it's no longer used but it brought surgeons relief because it bought them time to operate efficiently so those two things ether chloroform it laid the groundwork for the development of safer and more effective drugs used for anesthesia today now we have anxiolytics we have that which is a medication that helps reduce or elevate anxiety and relax the body but when you use it in higher doses it can be used to induce sleep yes they also cause the anterogate amnesia which the patient does not remember the events following the administration of the medication after he administered that medication when they are done the patient will not remember jack so that anterograde amnesia was also an effect from that particular medication and there's now the local anesthetics it's known as the numbing agents like the one that they use in the tooth to remove a tooth it will just numb the particular areas it will affect some parts of the tongue the lips but to numb only that area it's not going to numb, numb the entire mouth right so local anesthetics can be injected or sprayed in small region to create a localized area without sensation there's also this there's now this general anesthetics which are medications that induce and maintain a state of unconsciousness so one can be operated upon without waking up the person will just be put into sleep they also use paralytics right now these are medications that induce complete relaxation of the muscles and it helps to facilitate intubation and surgery right so these drugs are only administered to patients that are completely unconscious and in monitored setting there's also the inhalation gases that can help people sleep if you have seen this anatomy you understand what i'm saying right now so i'm so like i said grateful for all this because imagine you go for surgery and everything you're doing they're doing you're feeling it 
every single thing. It's terrible. Caesarean sessions, it means that they will not do those CSs the way they're doing them right now, which means a lot of children will die at births just because doctors are scared to do CS because they know that these women will be in pain. They can't amputate, which means that they rot. Before you want to amputate a foot or an arm, it means that it's becoming bad. The bad part of the body is becoming bad. And if you don't amputate, it's going to travel through the bloodstream and travel to other parts of the, of the body. But if they don't amputate, it means that rot will travel too. And it also meant that a lot of people will die. So Anastasia is a life-saving medication, honestly. And thank God for that. This is where we'll draw the curtain right now. We're going to give you some more old tunes because today is uh, Thursday and it's Throwback Thursday. Enjoy this one by Michael Jackson. The girl is mine. Africa Tech Radio is a station you're listening to and listening to Take Me Back. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.